0: Chapter Sixteen of A Book of Giants. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Read by Robert Tunick. A Book of Giants by Henry Weisham Lanier. The Giant Behind the Waterfall. The Giants lingered longer in the Far North than elsewhere. About two hundred years after the death of Charlemagne. There was living in Iceland a saga hero named Gratir the Strong. He was the most powerful man ever known in the North Country. More than once he had overcome dreaded berserks and the battle fury. On a narrow path on a cliff face, he conquered a huge bear with his naked hands, holding off the infuriated beast by the ears till he could topple it over the precipice. But his strength and high spirit brought him great reverses and caused him to be an outlaw for much of his troubled life. During his wanderings through the wild unknown regions as a forest man, he spent one winter under the Gaitland Glacier, where the hot springs made a fair grassy valley, and here he was intimate with a giant named Thorier, whose daughters were glad to see him, because not many people came there. Finding it dole, he resumed his travels and came into Bardadal. Here in Sandhauger dwelt then Steinvar, a widow with young children. The place had an evil name from a strange happening. Two winters before, Steinvor had gone, as usual, to celebrate Yule at the neighboring town of Ijardalsa, while her husband, Thorstein the White, stayed at home. Men lay down asleep in the evening, and in the night they heard a noise in the room near Bondi's, farmer's, bed. No one dared to get up to see what was the matter, because there were so few of them. The mistress of the house returned home the next morning, but her husband had disappeared, and no one knew what had become of him. So the next season passed. The following winter the mistress wanted to go to mass and told her servant to stay at home, but he was unwilling, but said she would be obeyed. It had happened just as before. This time, the servant disappeared. People thought it very strange and found some drops of blood upon the outer door, so they supposed that some evil spirit, or troll, must have carried off both the men. The story had spread all through the district. It came to the ears of Gretir, who, being well accustomed to deal with the ghosts and specters, turned his steps thither, and arrived on Yule Eve at Sandhauger. He was disguised, as was now his custom, because his enemy Thorier had set a price on his head, and called himself Guest. The lady of the house saw that he was enormously tall, and the servants were terribly afraid of him. He asked for hospitality. The mistress told him the food was ready for him, but he must see after himself." He said he would, and added, I will stay in the house while you go to Mass, if you would like it. She said, You must be a brave man to venture to stay in this house. I do not care for a dull life, he said. Then she said, I do not want to remain at home, but I cannot get across the river. I will come with you, said the pretended guest. So she made ready to go to Mass with her little daughter. It was thawing outside. The river was flooded and was covered with ice. It is impossible for man or horse to cross, said Steinvor. There must be folds, said Guest. Do not be afraid. First carry the maiden over. She is lighter. I do not want to make two journeys of it, said he. I will carry you in my arms. She crossed herself and said, That is impossible. What will you do with the girl? I will find a way, said Guest. Taking them both up, he set the girl on her mother's knee, while he bore them both on his left arm, keeping his right arm free. So he carried them across. They were too frightened to cry out. The river came up to his breast, and a great piece of ice came against him, which he pushed off with his hand that was free. Then the stream became so deep that it broke over his shoulder, but he waded on vigorously, till he reached the other bank and put them on shore. The mistress reached Iger Dalsa for mass, and everyone wondered how she had crossed the river. She said she did not know whether it was a man or a troll who had carried her over. The priest said it was certainly a man, though unlike other men. Let us keep silent over it. May that he means to help you in your difficulties. She stayed there that night. Meanwhile, Gratir had waited back. It was nearly dark by the time he got home to Sandhauger and called for some food. When he had eaten something, he told the servants to go to the other end of the hall. Then he got some boards and loose logs and laid them across the hall to make a great barricade so that none of the servants could get across. No one dared to oppose him or to object to anything. The entrance was in the side wall of the hall under the black gable, and near it was a crossbench upon which Gretir laid himself, keeping on his clothes with a light burning in the room. So he lay till into the night. Towards midnight, he heard a loud noise outside, and very soon there walked a huge troll wife into the room. She carried a trough in one hand, and a large cutlass in the other. She looked around the room as she entered, and on seeing Grettir lying there, she rushed at him. He started up and attacked her furiously. They fought long together. She was the stronger, but he evaded her skillfully. Everything near them and the paneling of the back wall were broken to pieces. She dragged him through the hall door out to the porch, where he resisted vigorously. The troll wife wanted to drag him out of the house, but before that was done, they had broken up all the fittings of the outer door and borne them away on their shoulders. Then she strove to get to the river and among the rocks. Grettir was terribly fatigued, but there was no choice to either brace himself or be dragged down to the rocks. All night long they struggled together, and he thought he had never met with such a monster for strength. She gripped him so tightly to herself that he could do nothing with either hand but cling to her waist. When at last they reached a rock by the river, he swung the monster around and got his right hand loose. Then he quickly seized the short sword he was wearing, drew it, and struck at the troll's right shoulder. Cutting off her right arm and releasing himself, she sprang among the rocks and disappeared in the waterfall. Grettir, very stiff and tired, lay long by the rock. At daylight, he went back to the hall and lay down on his bed, blue and swollen all over. When Steinvor came home, she found the place all in disorder. She went to the stranger and asked him what had happened, and why everything was broken to pieces. He told her the whole adventure, just as it had happened. She thought in a matter of great moment and asked him who he was. He told her the truth, said that he wished to see a priest, and asked her to send for one. She did so. Stein, the priest, came to Sonhauger and soon learnt that it was Gratir, the son of Asmund who had come there Another named name guessed. The priest asked him what he thought had become of Steinvor's husband and servant who had disappeared. Gratier said that they must have been taken among the rocks. The priest said he could not believe that unless he gave some evidence of it. Gratier declared that later it would become known, and the priest went home. Gratier lay many days in his bed, and the lady did all she could for him. He himself always declared that the troll woman sprang among the rocks in the waterfall when she was wounded. But the men of Bardadal have a tale that day dawned upon her while they were wrestling, so that when he cut off her arm, she lost her powers, and is still standing there on the mountain, in the likeness of a hideous woman. However that may be, the dwellers in the valley kept Gretir's secret, so that he was safe from his enemies, and the blood feud, while he lay helpless. One day that winter, after Yule, Gretir went to Ajar Dalsa and met Stein, to whom he said, "'I see, priest.' that you have little belief in what I say. Now, I wish you to come with me to the river, and see for yourself what probability there is in it. The priest did so. When they reached the falls, they saw a cave up under the rocks. The cliff was there so steep that no one could climb it, and it was nearly ten fathoms down to the water. They had a rope with them. It is quite impossible for anyone to get down there, said the priest. Gratir answered, It is certainly possible and men of high metal are those who would feel themselves happiest there. I want to see what there is back of the fall. Do you mind the rope? The priest said he could do it if he chose. He drove a stake into the ground and laid stones against it. Grettir now fastened a stone in a loop at the end of the rope and lowered it from above into the water. How do you mean to go? asked Stein. I don't mean to be bound when I come into the fall, Grettir said. So my mind tells me. Then he prepared to go. He had few clothes on and only a short sword, no other arms. He jumped from a rock and got down to the fall. The priest saw the soles of his feet, but after that did not know what had become of him. Gratir dived beneath the fall. It was very difficult swimming because of the currents, and he had to dive to the bottom to get behind the pouring wall of water. There was a rock where he came up, and a great cave behind the fall in front of which the water streamed down. He went into the cave, where there was a large fire burning, and a horrible great giant, most fearful to behold, sitting before it. As Grettir entered, the giant sprang up, seized a halberd, and struck at him, for he could both strike and thrust with it. It had a wooden shaft, and was one of the kind called heptus axe. Grettir struck back with his sword, and cut through the shaft. Then, the giant tried to reach up backwards to a sword which was hanging in the cave, and at that moment... Gratir struck at him and cut open his lower breast and stomach so that all his entrails fell into the river and floated down the stream. The priest, who was sitting by the rope, saw the water all thickened and bloody and lost his head, making sure that Gratir was killed. He left the rope and ran off home, where he arrived in the evening and told them for certain Gratir was dead, and said it was a great misfortune to have lost such a man. Gratir struck a few more blows at the giant before he was dead. He then entered the cave, kindled a light, and explored. It was not told how much treasure he found there, but there is said to have been some. He stayed there till late into the night, and found the bones of two men, which he carried away in a skin. Then he came out of the cave, swam to the rope, and shook it thinking the priest was there. Finding him gone, he had to climb up the rope hand over hand, and so reach the top. He returned to Ajar Dalsa, and carried the skin with the bones in it, into the vestibule of the church together with a rune-staff, upon which were most beautifully carved the following lines. Into the fall of the torrent I went. its maw towards me gaped. The floods before the ogre's den, mighty against my shoulder played. And then, hideous, the friend of Mela came. Hard were the blows I dealt upon her. The shaft of heptus' Sax was severed. My sword has pierced the monster's breast." There, too, it was told how Gratir had brought the bones from the cave. When the priest came to the church on the next morning, he found the staff, and all that was with it, and read the runes. Gratir had returned to Sandhager. When Stein met Gratir again, he asked him exactly what had happened, and Gratir told him. He declared the priest had held the rope very faithlessly, and Stein admitted that it was true. Men felt no doubt that these monsters were responsible for the disappearances of Thornstein and his servant nor was there any haunting or ghost-walking there afterwards. Grettir had evidently cleared the land of them. The bones were buried by the priest in the churchyard. Grettir stayed that winter in Bardadal, though unknown to those who sought his blood. End of chapter 16